Hi, I'm Will. Thank you for downloading episode five of our podcast. In this episode, we're joined by Gonzalo, a postgraduate law student based in Argentina, and we talk some Cockney rhyming slang. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the World Class Podcast. I'm joined today in Senate House in an eerily quiet London by Joe. Hi, Will. And Liam, another student experience colleague. Hi, Will. And fear not, Tim is also with us. Hello. <laughs> Tim's joining us via Blackboard Collaborate today. Um, so today's Friday the 13th. Do you know why Friday the 13th is considered unlucky in certain cultures? I don't know, but I love the 13th. It's one of my favourite numbers. Is it? Yeah, 13. Yeah. Why is it unlucky? Liam, do you know? I don't know. I know there's an 80s horror film with the same name. <laughs> there, is. there is, yeah. Um, so there's a couple of theories. So there was, um, it's, the main theory is that it was related to the Last Supper, which was attended by 13 people oh. on the night before Jesus died. And the 13th um, disciple was Judas. Right, yeah. Who uh, let Jesus down in the... Quite a big way. Yeah, quite a big way, yeah. (laughs) But there's also another theory. It goes back to 1307 um, when King Philip IV of France arrested hundreds of Knights Templar and um, then consequently had them killed. So it wasn't a particularly good day for them. Wow. (laughs) More death in the podcast. More more death in the podcast. (laughs) So that's the tone of the day. Death and destruction. Yeah, but I like 13 and I like 8. Those are my numbers. Got a lucky number? No, not really. I don't believe in it. <laughs> I like 7. I think yeah. that's the classic choice. Is right? that because of James Bond? No, I don't know why. I don't know where it comes from. I've no. got no links to it. It is considered a lucky number, isn't it, 7? Yeah. I thought 8 was the luckiest number. 13 is a lucky number in Italy, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. And isn't 8 a lucky number in um, China? Because China. Yeah. Um, it doesn't break. There's no right. break to mm-hmm. it. Okay. It's just like the infinity sign, but another way. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. No, 13, for some reason, for those reasons, is considered unlucky here. And you're right, Liam, it is a great 80s movie. Is it a great 80s movie? It is. You yeah. should go, go back and watch it. It's got Kevin Bacon in, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. He seems to pop up in every podcast. Yeah. What are your favourite horror films? I hate horror movies. Do you? Yeah, I really don't like feeling scared. I like a psychological thriller. I think that's my level of scared because I feel like I'm really engaged in my brain. Whereas when I watch a horror movie, I'm engaged in my gut. Like the fear and the tension is there. So I just, I don't enjoy that. I used to love horror. I used to go to the cinema, like get proper scared. And then I don't know what changed about 10 years ago. Maybe I just became more of an adult and conscious of my own mortality but i can't watch it anymore i get so freaked out i used to really like um horror movies as well and i I, i've kind of i did go off them but i saw um get out uh, which came out a couple of years ago and that was brilliant really 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 good yeah great film what's your favorite um i don't know i watched the latest blair witch quite recently and that really really scared me and is there a latest Blair Witch? Yeah, they re- they sort of remade it. It's like loosely based around the first one. Okay. It was it was terrifying. I uh, found the first one really scary. Yeah, no, I really liked the I first one. I had to leave the room. I think I was like at a sleepover. It must have been 
15 <laughs> i had to leave the room yeah i was too scared yeah so this one takes it because that was that was scary but you never actually saw anything mm. you know it was all implied but this one sort of takes it to another level it's just yeah jump scare after jump scare yeah i uh, don't need that kind of adrenaline no i no. feel like real life is scary enough <laughs> right now yeah, yeah. you're right Yesterday, I caught up with Gonzalo, who's a postgraduate law student based in Argentina. Here's our chat. Hi, Gonzalo. Welcome to the World Class Podcast. You're the first student we've ever had on, so thank you very much for volunteering. Um, you're based in Argentina, is that right? Yes, in my capital city, Buenos Aires. Okay, and what's the weather like in Buenos Aires today? Today, it's rainy and, uh, you know, uh, 25, 27 degrees. Okay, sounds all right. So um, you study postgraduate law, is that right? Exactly. And so can you tell us why you chose to study law? Uh, well, law in the first place, uh, I, I started studying in my local university in Argentina after I finished high school. Uh, what inspired me to study law was a book from Sean Grisham, which is called The Innocent. It is about a man who was wrongly convicted and sentenced to death and 10 days after, um, previous to for being to him executed, um, he was found innocent. So it's a quite a story. So that book inspired me to study law. And I got uh, to the University of London before I, um, I went to my local university. Um, the local representative of the university came here to my, my, to my high school and taught me about the University of London. She taught me about the LLB, but when I enrolled in my local university, um, I found that it was um, quite complicated to do my local career and the LLB at the same time, so I decided to postpone uh, my involvement with the University of London. But after I graduated, after I became a lawyer here in my country, I decided to pursue an, uh, a postgraduate in laws uh, course. Okay, brilliant. So did, you started with the postgraduate certificate, is that right? And you're working your, your way up through to the LLM? Exactly. I started with the postgraduate certificate and I finished it right now. Now I am in the stage of the diploma in laws. And um, if everything goes right, I will pass my five exams this year and the next year I will finish the, my master in laws. That's fantastic. So, so when did you start? I started in May. 2016. That's my the the beginning of my journey with the, with the University of London. <laughs> and so you're balancing a career as well as studying with us. Yes, um, I I was I was working uh, at that time. I, I still work at the place that I was working at that time. Um, and the same time I was in the second year of uh, postgraduate degree. Uh, of Argentinian criminal law here at, a, at an, another local university. So I was coping with three three things, the postgraduate certificate, my local postgraduate course of my, in my country and my work. Wow. So bearing all that in mind, how have you found your study experience with us? Well, you know, um, at, the, at the beginning, when I first enrolled, I, I thought that, you know, Everything about the University of London was glamorous, uh, belonging to the world class. 
and all that stuff. But as soon as, as I got the, the books and started reading, I thought, well, this does not have much glamour at all because um, um, I, I, I found that I had to read a, read a lot. But not only reading a lot, I um, also found that the way to approach materials is different because at the exams, we only have one question to answer in 50 minutes. And that is not the way things are done here in my country. In my country, you have like five or 10 questions and you have three hours to answer. <laughs> With the University of London, we have only 50 minutes. So I did not only, I did not only have to read about the materials and study, the, I studied them, I also had to think about how to say these things that I was studying in 50 minutes. <laughs> so that was quite a challenge. Uh, reading a lot and learning how to read it. That's the one, two, those were the challenges. So you almost had to teach yourself how to study in a, in a different way. Exactly. Um, it took a while, but I kind of discovered uh, a study method. So what's kept you motivated throughout your studies? Well, um, I always thought about, you know, expanding my my professional horizons. Uh, I remember that when I was first introduced to the to the program, I was told that with a master in laws, your workplace is not only your country, but it is the world. I mean, you can with an LLM, you can uh, work wherever you want. You have a lot of possibilities. So that was my, my first driver, the possibility of uh, working uh, in, another, in another country. But then as soon as I started reading the materials, I found that they were very rich in content and they introduced me to a, a lot of things that um, were a lot of knowledge that is not available, available in my country. And they, it also introduced me to legal issues and topics that I had no idea that they existed. So at the beginning, it was expanding my professional horizons, but then um, it was learning a lot about my, my field, which is criminal law. So you, you've mentioned there about um, the, the amount of reading you've had to do and balancing your studies and career. So are there any other challenges that you've faced during your studies? Um, well, yes. Uh, during... Uh, when, when I started um, studying, that very same year, I had um, I had a, a anxiety issues. I had, I started to develop anxiety issues, and those anxiety issues uh, when um, I don't know how to say this, but um, they they went along with me during these years. So I did not also have to deal with um, time management and coping with my local degree and my work, but also with uh, these anxiety issues. But um, I am glad that I can say that I kind of overcame them. And this year I am more, more centered and focused. And I think that this year I will start to enjoy uh, a lot more um, Reading the, new, reading the materials and sitting for exams. So we've, um, we've touched upon mental health and wellbeing in previous podcasts. So um, if you've got any advice for students that are dealing with the same kind of issues, anxiety or, or related issues? Well, um, first, um, bear in mind that you, uh, if you feel anxiety, you will not solve it alone. You have to get 
professional help. And um, also do not be afraid to be open with that with your friends and family because um, they, they, will, they, they will love you uh, for what you are, not because you have a postgraduate certificate, this or that. They will love you for who you are, so uh, trust them and be open with them. And that is would be the fir first step. Get professional help and talk with your parents and friends. And um, don't give up, you know. Um, eventually, uh, the dark clouds go away and the sun, the, the sky gets brighter. You know, that's that's what I talk about in my article of the in the University of London blog. Um, keep sailing on. Don't don't uh, don't give up, and don't don't be angry with yourself. Um, because you feel anxious. Uh, it happens to everyone. Uh, it is part of the human nature. It is part of life. So don't, don't be angry with yourself. That is fantastic advice. Thank you very much. That's really good. Um, so getting back to your career, do you feel that your studies with the University of London have helped you with your career or do you think they might do in the future? Well, certainly they, they, they might do in the future. They might do in the future, but uh, yes, they helped me a lot because they changed my studies changed completely the way I see law. Uh, for example, whenever I face a human rights legal problem, um, I don't know, I don't, I also can't with what I study here in the, with the University of London, which is uh, the European Convention on Human Rights. Uh, another example is the way that I face um, legal problems in the criminal law field because, for example, um, I am studying now youth justice, the whole, you know, juvenile delinquency. And I don't, I also count, I can count now with the perspective, perspective of um, the British practitioners, which I, I am taught, taught by the university. Another field is law of financial crime. I am also studying that course. And, you know, um, England is a, the UK is such a prominent place for you know financial markets, and getting the perspective of um, British practitioners regarding financial crime also helps me dealing with problems of financial crime here in Argentina. And the postgraduate laws is not only about law; it is about criminology and sociology of law. And those perspectives also help me to see, see things differently, not only from the, a legal angle, but from a sociological angle or from a criminological, criminological, criminological angle. So uh, in, to sum up, the, this, this post-writing post law course uh, changed completely the way I see law. As you know, we are, part, we are the student experience team uh, that produced this podcast. And that phrase, student experience, what does that mean to you? What does a good student experience mean to you? Well, uh, first of all, um, it is more about uh, reading materials and sitting for exams. I personally got to know people from all over the world. I uh, was able to meet people from countries which I, I, I never knew that I was going to meet. For example, I met a, a guy from Malawi. I have never in my life spoke to anyone from Malawi until I, I enrolled here in the University of London. Um, that's you know that's 
that's also the good thing. It's not only about studying, it's not only about sitting for exams, it's also about um, meeting a lot of new people, it's about making friends. And I know that if I ever go to London or if I ever go to Europe or the USA or Canada, I will be able to, I, I have friends there, I have a new, a new acquaintances there. So whenever I go there, I know that I will find, I will find them. And, you know, that's, that's a good thing, you know, uh, not only studying, not only sitting for exams, meeting new people and making new friends. And also, you know, uh, taking part of discussions in the Standards Cafe and belonging to the online societies are also great. And doing this podcast, of course. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, brilliant. So you kind of mentioned this earlier um, when you were talking about the challenges you faced and you said sail on, which I believe, according to your blog, is a, an Oasis reference. Can you explain that to us? Well, um, Noel Gallagher um, is now doing a, a solo career and one of his last songs is Sail On, which is a great song. Um, the lyrics are quite inspiring and right now I am thinking of issuing a new section in the Students Cafe, which is the song of the week. You know, weekly posting a song, recommending a song to students and I will think, I, I am probably thinking that Ceylon will be, will be my first recommendation because it is a great song and it has great lyrics. That's brilliant. So you you an Oasis fan as well, eh? Yes, I am a huge Oasis fan and I got to see them in April 2009 here in my country, five months before they split up. So that was great. And I also saw Noel Gallagher uh, play here in my country in 2016 and 2018. Brilliant. I love the fact that Britpop made its way to Argentina. It's fantastic. <laughs> so what, what are your other interests? What do you do outside of study and work? Well, I play guitar. I like to ride my bike through the parks of my city. I also I am a huge football fan. I am a fan of a club which is called River Plate, um, which is a British name. Um, that's a, an interesting story. Um, I also, you know, like to see, you know, like to watch Netflix uh, series and movies. I also go a lot to the cinema. I really love the cinema. And I also like going to pubs and bars. You know, that's, that's my hobbies. That's my hobbies. <laughs> so tell us, tell us about River Plate. I know, I know there's a club in um, Brazil called Corinthians, and they are named after a, a football club near where I live here in Surrey, in England. But I'm not familiar with the River Plate story. Well, um, the, we have a river in my city, which is called River de la Plata, Rio de la Plata. And in English, it means a river which leads you to the Silver Route. Because uh, when the Spanish came here, uh, they, they thought that that river would lead them to uh, silver mines, they didn't found anything, but the, the river was named like that. And in the 19th century, we traded a lot with the UK and the British called the Rio de la Plata, they, they, called, them, they called it the River Plate. So when my team was founded, they were searching for a name and there was a British company here called the River Plate Company LTD. So the founders, 
when they were thinking about the name, they saw boxes in the port that said the River Plate Company LTD and thought that that was a cool name. So they baptized the club as River Plate. And, you know, uh, it is the biggest team here in Argentina. Obviously, there's a um, there's a long-standing rivalry between England and Argentina in, in world football. Um, going back to the, the Maradona days, the Hand of God days, what, what's your perspective on that particular match? Uh, well, here it is a historic match. Um, the images of that match are um, played on TV every time, every time, especially during the World Cup um, days. And that was the last time Argentina was um, champion of the world. So um, with time, the Maradona myth and everything that had to do with that match and that World Cup uh, it is bigger and bigger. And personally, I prefer the, the second goal of that match and not the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I have to agree. That is probably the best goal, World Cup goal, certainly in history. That is brilliant. All right. Um, Gonzalo, that's absolutely brilliant. Thank you for all that. Um, just one last thing before you go. What would your advice be to current or potential students um, either studying with us or thinking of studying with us what, what would your, your summary of advice be? Well, to those who are thinking uh, if they want to study or not, um, I would tell them to be clear about their motivations. You know, don't do the postgraduate, postgraduate certificate in laws or the LLM just because you want to have a degree from the University of London. Think clearly about where are we going to go or what do you want to do? And to those who are studying right now, I would tell them to um, don't feel, if you ever feel frustrated or feel that you're not going anywhere, um, always think about your motivation, what took you to study with the University of London. And, um, you know, Winston Churchill had a phrase that said, if you're going to hell, keep going. Uh, well, if you're going to through hard times with your studies, keep going. Uh, you have five years to finish the degree. Uh, you have um, a lot of opportunities to to sit for exams. Um, it, it gives you a plenty of, of opportunities of opportunities to to make things right. This postgraduate, so that would be my advice. Keep sailing on. <laughs> Brilliant, I love it, Gonzalo. Thank you so much for joining us. That was great. Okay, it's quiz time again. Um, this week, though, Joe has decided she's going to run the quiz. Okay, so I'm going to try this. And I know, Will, you're much better at running these quizzes than me, but I'm going to go with an idea I had because I thought it would be funny because I know that the last couple of quizzes have always had they've had like a sort of bit of historical backstory to them, a bit of an edge, something about London always comes up. So my idea was that I was going to challenge you in this quiz to a Cockney rhyming slang quiz. Oh, brilliant. Oh, no. Brilliant. <laughs> so for those of our listeners that don't know what rhyming slang is, um, it's um, a slang word construction. and It's in the English language and it's really... Um, 
prevalent in the UK, especially it started in the East End of London in the 19, the early 19th century, actually. But there is actually slang also all around the UK and in Ireland and actually in Australia and actually the USA. So there are some examples I can share. Um, but in the States, it kind of escalated around sort of criminal underworld between 1880 and 1920 because what rhyming slang does is actually um, is a way of making a phrase or what somebody wants to say elusive to other people, uh, to other listeners that they don't want to know what people are talking about. So the construction of rhyming slang involves replacing a common word with a th- phrase or two of more words. So the last of which rhymes with the original word, and then in almost all of those cases, omitting from the end of the phrase, the secondary rhyming word, which is thereafter implied. And this is going to be really difficult. Have you got to an example? I will give you an example. Okay. So it makes the origin and the meaning of the phrase elusive to the listeners that are not in the know. So, for example, you could say, he's got a nice barnet. And you would be talking about that person's hair because the slang comes from Barnet Fair, which was actually um, a rhyming slang that was being dated back to the 1850s. So that's the kind of premise. So now I'm going to launch the quiz. You guys have got to guess what it means. And then if you guess it, you've got to put it in a sentence. Okay. Yeah? This is really tough. It's not. I was prepared for a general knowledge style <laughs> quiz. I think I'm going to be quite bit. good at this. I think I'm going to be really well, bad. Well, we'll see. I'm not going to make it that hard. I'll do an American one, first of all. I'm not going to keep it totally oh, Cockney wait, Rhyming slang. slang. It will be Cockney Rhyming Slang, but I'll do one American one just because, you know, we're being inclusive. Okay. Um, so the first is an American Rhyming Slang, and that is 86. <laughs> this isn't gonna American work. American rhyming slang. Yeah, Amer- when you say someone eighty-six, it. Oh, I've heard that so many times. Eighty-six. Never- I don't know what it means. What it means, Nick's. It means nothing. They they got nothing. It just it it, right, it right. was ruined. Okay. They eighty-six, it just absolutely trashed out. Nothing. Okay. 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 Right. So you get the idea. Yeah. Give me some Cockney stuff. I'm gonna give you some Cockney stuff. Right. Okay. Do we have to wait for the full question before buzzing in? No, it's not going to be a full question. It's going to be a word because then you've got to then put it in a sentence. And are we buzzing? You're buzzing. Okay. Okay. Ready? First yep. word. Hampsteads. Well. I believe that would be your teeth. Ham- it would be. Hampstead Heaths. Yeah, it would be. I've never heard that. Well, that's This why is going to be a disaster. No, no, I'm going to go with one that you will know now. All right. Like one nil. Do I have to do a sentence? You've got to do a sentence. Okay, um, Liam's got lovely straight hampsteads. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard that. All right. (laughs) Butchers. That would be to take a look. It would be. A butcher's hook. Yes. Can you put it in the sentence and I might stand a chance? (laughs) (laughs) I need the context around it. Okay. This one is a has got an origin meaning. And then you'll understand. Okay. Possibly. So it's, it's, yeah. Okay. Right, ready? Yeah. Fingers on buzzers. Loaf. 
your head. Yeah. Use your loaf. Yeah. Your loaf of bread. And where the does that come from? Crust of bread. Head. head. Oh, I said loaf. <laughs> yeah. See? Okay. So you say it's moved from, from crust to loaf. Crust to loaf. All right. Um, to make it even more difficult to understand why they knew all these things. Here's another here's another one that's in the bakery line. Okay. Bread. Ah. Liam. Dead. No. I'm um, now just guessing uh, what it, it rhymes with. Brown bread, dead. I would have said dead. Yeah. As well. Brown bread is dead. For this oh. bread. But bread, bread is money. Of course. Bread and honey. Money. money. Oh, I thought I had one. No. Brown bread is uh, dead. Brown, brown bread, bread is brown dead. Brown bread is dead. Can we I'm gonna make go- it lower the difficulty? Okay, I'm going to lower settings. the difficulty. I'm going to do one more rhyming slang, uh, Cockney rhyming slang, and then I'm going to go to the more modern slang that is now in the Cockney vernacular. All okay, right? I'm two nil up. So, t- yeah. Okay. Whistle. Oh, I've got a, a faulty hard, button. I feel, like, I, I feel like, let's give it to Liam. Yeah, go on then. I don't know, actually. I, don't oh, know. God, <laughs> I thought it might come to this. I should buzz in. You don't Tim, do you points. know it? I know it. Let me have the points. Okay. Do you not know it, Tim? Do you know yeah, it? I do. I do know it. But if Will wants to get the points, then yeah, I want the points. He wants the points. Go on then, go. A whistle is a suit. It is. As in a whistle and flute. Oh, I did know it that is. One. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to move up now to more modern. Okay. Scooby. <laughs> I just got it. <laughs> it's a clue. I haven't got a Scooby, mate. Yeah, that's Scooby-Doo. it. That's the, that's the, that's how you would use it as well. Okay. Thank you. Ayrton Senna. Sorry? Ayrton Senna. Well, would it be a, a ten pound note? It would be a tenner. I'm just getting destroyed here. <laughs> Do you have any Essex slang? Because that's where uh, I, I, I know. live now. Well, did you look into some more regional? Well, I, no, because but to be honest with you, half of the East End lives in Essex now. So really, you should be aware of this. You actually are in more of a, a you have more of an opportunity than Will that lives in Leafy, Surrey. Sussex, wherever you I've Sorry. only been there five the, months. I've yeah. just built it up by, okay. by local <laughs> All right. I'm going to move now then to something that hopefully it is related to what we do in the university. Okay? Mm-hmm. It is also rhyming slang. My first one, fingers on buzzers, Desmond. Will. That would be a lower second class degree, Joe. And why would that be? A Desmond Tutu. Correct. A tutu. <laughs> Are you now making up your no. own slang? A Desmond. It's a Desmond who's a tutu. What then, for a bonus point, is a first class on this? Will. A Richard. No. Oh. Richard the first? No. It isn't. Come on, Liam, you got this. I think no. of a really a, a 90s artistic oh, I know. visionary in the art world. 
will. Can I? Yeah. Damien? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Damien. This is a generational oh my difference. God. I said this I was more modern. Mm, I think <laughs> this is not going to wash with the millennials in the audience. It will, I... because... Liam, All you'll right. have to do a slang uh, uh, quiz next time on millennial slang and embarrass Joe. Yes. Okay, well, I've, I got I got that book given that book for Christmas, so I think I'm going to be like... And I've also got an 11-year-old who's talking in that way now, so I feel like I'm going to be okay. <laughs> That's the end of the quiz. Yay. Wow. I think I won that. Do you, you think? You, you absolutely Can we just double-check on the <laughs> scores? Are you keeping yeah. scores, too? I wonder, I would be really interested to know whether or not there are, like, comparative, uh, like, slangs in other places around the world that our students might be able to tell us about. I don't know if my quiz was successful. I tried. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I did. <laughs> okay, let me do a bonus. Can you do like... No, no, I do a like bonus. A We're norm... going back to the films. Name three films where Cockney rhyming slang is used. Snatch. Yeah. Lock, stock and two smoking barrels. Yeah. Just any Guy Ritchie movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, any Guy Ritchie movie. Sherlock blank. Holmes. They don't use it in that. It's a Guy Ritchie movie. It's not known as. It's actually on Wikipedia. Some some other. Give me one point. You have. You can have one point for sure. You can have two points. It was a three parter. Oh, brilliant! (laughs) Yeah, you still lost. Yeah, but it's not a complete egg on my face. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know any others then, Will? I, I was struggling. I would have said snatch and lockstock, and then I was probably going to go for the Italian job. Exactly, but, Italian yeah. job or Citizen Kane, one of those. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Citizen Kane. Yeah, that's an American. I use a lot of slang in that Cockney slang. No, hold on. Did I say Cockney slang? I meant slang. Oh right. Well, any film that's ever been made. Then. No, 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 no. <laughs> hold on. Let me get it. So, Sexy Beast as well. Yeah. Austin Powers. Yeah, probably used incorrectly in that one, I'd say. Yeah. Mary Poppins. By Dick Van Dyke. Oh, terrible. Yeah. Well, it's All Gone Pete Tong, which is a 2004 film. Obviously, All Gone Pete Tong means wrong. I knew that one. So, Liam, um, in order to redeem yourself from that terrible quiz performance, maybe you could talk about some of the really positive things that you bring to the university and some of the work that you're doing. Thanks, Tim. What a lovely introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I've worked for the University of London now for nine years, not quite as much as uh, the rest of you, but getting there. Um, And I also have my background with the Student Advice Centre. My current role is within the Student Experience team. um, And within that, it involves um, building a sense of community for our students through our various digital platforms, such as social media, uh, and also kind of having an overview uh, of our student communications. So primarily uh, through email and making sure that they are consistent, they're as effective and as informative for our students as possible. Um, and that we're always talking with one University of London voice. One of the, one of the things that I, I know that you started for the university, Liam, was the, was using webinars as a way to reach out to our students. How did you um, start using that format and why? 
Yeah, so we were looking at ways that we could have direct engagement between our academics and our students, uh, which is obviously different for us as a distance learning provider. We don't have, um, some of our students do not attend classes in person. So we looked at using technology to kind of bridge that gap and make sure that people could have access to their academics and their program directors. Um, we started a trial with our postgraduate laws team um, with Professor Helen Santhaki, uh, and she is very keen to um, reach out to her students and to be able to engage with them directly. So that's where we started the webinar project. Um, and Helen now offers regular uh, webinars for students. That's also kind of branched out into one-to-one -one appointments that now are offered to many students um, where they can discuss, you know, perhaps how do I prepare for my exams um, and where do I move forward with my, with my studies. Um, and it's just a way for us to um, allow that direct engagement wherever people might be studying in the world. So, Liam, one of the things that I found really interesting is the fact that you're doing more pastoral communications and there's more uh, touching base with the students. And I believe that's led to a reduction in the number of students that's dropping out every year. Um, I wonder if you'd like to talk a bit more about that initiative. Yeah, that's right, Tim. So over the last uh, three years, we've run a major campaign, which is uh, for our students who've lapsed from their studies, um, they have essentially been absent for for a year, um, and we are actively reaching out to them um, to encourage them to return to their studies and show how we can support them. Um, we are often unaware of the reasons why somebody has uh, not continued with their studies. Could be, you know, their commitments in their professional life are too much to uh to manage with their studies or it could be for other personal reasons so we uh contact these students and show how we can support them in order to return and successfully complete their their program of study and based on what you've just saying about you know not knowing the reasons or there being like lots of different reasons uh is there some sort of mechanism in which we try and get that information so we do survey lap students um, to try and understand the reasons for perhaps why they haven't continued with their studies. Um, and we also have experience of um, listening to students during our lap student webinars uh, and exploring some of the common reasons why people have not continued and what we can do as, as a university to facilitate their um, their continuing and what would be your advice for a student that might be listening to this podcast and thinking gosh i'm not really sure if i can carry on or you know i'm having some worries about you know how i'm gonna how i'm gonna do this successfully um what, what would you say to them i would encourage them to reach out to the program team um because they will have uh, had other students in a similar situation and they are the best people to advise about the best the best ways to move forward and how we can support them 
um, to continue and also what advice they might be able to give uh, to that student. So I think the important thing really is to um, to come forward and and contact program teams and just get find out what support is available. That's really important. So you know, students should know that it might feel like sometimes, especially if you're one of those students that's studying independently, um, that you're doing this all by yourself. But we are here to help and if you are facing any difficulties or if you have any questions about the best way to you know make sure that you you finish and, and graduate with us then then we're here to make sure that we can we can help you make that happen yeah that's right um there's a rich uh online community of students um one of the best ways to sort of become part of that and become more active might be to follow us on social media um have a look at all of the kind of peer-to-peer -peer support that's available on there such as our um ul study tips campaigns and um ul motivation another avenue that a student could go down if they feel that they are struggling is to use our um, Talk Campus app, which is now available to all University of London students. If they log into the student portal, there's a specific wellbeing section uh, with a number of resources on there, including how to download and access Talk Campus. This is a peer-to-peer -peer support network um, and something that may be very helpful for people who are struggling. Um, so we've talked a lot about how the ways that you motivate our students, Liam. What is it that keeps you motivated when you're working here? Um, I really enjoy working at the University of London um, primarily because of the students and how diverse and interesting our student community is. One of the times where that really becomes apparent is during our annual graduation ceremony in London, uh, at which I've helped out every year that I've worked for the university. Uh, it's really a fantastic day for us as staff because we don't get to meet students all the time with it being distance learning. Uh, and But on that day, we get to meet, you know, students from over 100 countries who've all travelled to London to celebrate their achievements. Uh, and that really is, I think, a highlight of many uh Many people who work for the University of London, that's the highlight of our kind of year, really, to be part of that and to celebrate um, with our students. So that's something that really motivates me and something I really enjoy about working here. I have to agree on that. It's it's a tremendously sort of reinvigorating experience, seeing everyone coming to London and graduating and, and that just that feeling of, of accomplishment and happiness is, is, is wonderful. It really, really is. Um, thank you very much, Liam, for coming on the podcast. And I hope you will uh, take up the challenge of embarrassing Joe and Will with a, a, a slightly more relevant quiz. Slightly more relevant quiz? Hold on. What was relevant about the fact the War of the Worlds book that you just knew back to front? I was saying it only to wind you up, Joe. <laughs> I would appreciate maybe something a bit, I think relevance a perfect phrase, actually. What? I would appreciate maybe a more traditional quiz on anything other than Cockney rhyming slag.
Okay, it's history lesson time again <laughs> as we delve into the songbook. Um, today's song comes from page 32 and it's a Scottish song this time. We had Wales last time, this time it's Scotland. And the song's called Bonnie Charlie's New Awa. I think I'm not that's sure that's how you say it. New Awa. I okay. think, so does anyone know who Bonnie Charlie was? You've ever heard of him? You mean Bonnie Prince Charlie? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So you've heard of him, but do you know who he was? Uh, he was... Uh, for some reason, I'm, I'm thinking of... Was there a band called Bonnie Prince Charlie? There might have been. So anyway, the song should sound like this. Um, so Bonnie Prince Charlie was also known as Charles Edward Stuart, and he was the grandson of James II of England and Ireland, who was the last of the Stuart monarchs. Any, anyone know about their, their history, Catholic history, Liam? Yes, Mary yeah. Queen of Scots. Yeah. So, what? so what? So the Stuarts were deposed in the Glorious Revolution of 1688 when James's daughter and her Dutch husband, William of Orange, yes, took control of the right. country. So um, Bonnie Charlie was known as the young pretender because he felt his, his father, the son of James II, was the rightful owner of the crown and that he was the heir, not them. So he attempted to take power during the Jacobite Rising of 1745, which was also known as the 45 Rebellion. Um, he lost and he managed to escape. And I think this is why he's like seen as a bit of a romantic figure in Scotland because he managed to evade um, the armies um, and he hid in the moors in Scotland and always stayed just ahead of the government forces. And um, there was a reward on his head for £30,000, which was would obviously have been a lot at that time. I wonder what that is now. Well, we could find out, couldn't we? But no one shopped him in for the money. He was protected by the locals. Um, and he was assisted by one lady called Flora MacDonald, and she helped him escape to the Isle of Skye um, by taking him in a boat. And he was disguised as a maid, Betty Burke. Uh, and he eventually escaped on a French frigate. So this song expresses the joy in Bonnie Chai's escape from the captors and his execution, his possible execution, and the loyalty of his followers. Okay, so last time... I said that you couldn't study to house music, um, which of course is wrong. You know, you can study to anything you like. So, so I've done a house version of this song. Oh <laughs> I need to hear it. I need <laughs> so, to hear it. Enjoy. Apologies if I that offends I anyone. I wouldn't study to that. I might have a little dance no. around the kitchen to it. Yeah, when, when you're having a study break. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's one of the World Recipes Club. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah not a bad idea. 
Okay, that brings us to the end of this episode of the podcast. Thank you, Liam, for joining us for the first time. I'm sure you'll be back. If you do a general knowledge quiz, yeah. Okay, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Um, there was general knowledge in that quiz. It was Some very, people knew the general knowledge. Very specialist. <laughs> it was very specialist. Okay, so we are recording this podcast on the 13th of March, 2020. Um, obviously, the world has been gripped by a current pandemic, so our thoughts go out to anyone who's been affected by that so far, and we hope that you will stay safe. Um, I think it's probably worth mentioning at the moment that um, London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, which is obviously a member institution of the University of London, um, do have a podcast called LSHTM Viral. And that is a podcast that provides regular updates and expert insights uh, on the science behind the outbreak as the situation unfolds. Um, so it's maybe worth um, having a listen to that. Um, to understand what's happening in the latest and get the um, views of um, experts at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye, Will. Bye, Will. Goodbye. Goodbye.